Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello and welcome to the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff. I'm your host and I want to thank you for taking a chunk out of your busy day to spend this time with me and our guest. I don't take your decision to do this lightly. As a single father of five kids within six years of age and two with special needs, I know how precious and limited your time is and I want you to know that I'm focused on making sure you made the right decision by being here today. We're going to be talking about high-functioning autism and suicidal ideations. If that is a topic that's near and dear to your situation or a friend or family member that you have, you're going to want to stick around. I would like to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Bridget, and welcome to the show, Bridget. Hi, Chad. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with us today. And I understand that you're a a working mom of three kids. Your husband recently quit work, take care of all the appointments and all the trips around and things. And you said mostly Jack, the 10-year-old who's autistic, has ADHD and major depressive disorder. Yes. And 2021 for you, like many others, was a pretty difficult year. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, 2021 was a nightmare. So yes, our oldest is autistic with major depressive disorder. We did not find that out until October 14th, 2021, actually. So it's just recently. Before that, you know, when he was little, I was a single mom. His biological dad and I didn't work out. He was an addict. Eventually, I met my husband and we got married and had two more kids. We suspect that our youngest, he's three, his name is Vinny, We think he is also autistic, and we've started the process on that. But up until then, I guess when Jack was around five, about kindergarten age, we noticed he had a lot of anger issues. So we started therapy thinking that it was a lot of just the addiction issues with his father, his biological father, going in and out of his life constantly. And, you know, he was homeless for a while. And we thought he was really struggling with that. And then as time went on, it just continued to get worse and worse and worse until May of 2021. He just came up to me one day and told me he was going to kill himself. Wow. He flustered from everything with school. And so we went to the hospital. Wow. A psych hospital. And they admitted him for five days. And they came back, the doctor came back and he started him on lithium and got him stabilized and said, you need to check out autism. I think he's autistic. And that's what started it. And so that's how we ended up getting a diagnosis. But after that, he was hospitalized twice in the same year, again, for suicidal. You know, it got to the point in September when he was hospitalized a third time that he was actually cutting himself. He was physically cutting himself and he's 10 years old. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Did you notice anything before five that made you think that he was autistic? 
You know, I really didn't. But looking back now, now that I've researched autism, it was there. <laughs> like, you know, when he was nine months old, other kids were drinking out of a straw. He couldn't drink out of a straw. The doctor parent shamed me for that. You know, he blamed it on me said I was being an overprotective mother. You know, there were a lot of other things, like, I guess, when he gets upset, he doesn't talk about it. And actually, he really doesn't talk about his day at all. He never has, even when he was little. You know, most kids, when they go to preschool, they come home and they tell you about their day. And he never did. Huh. He wouldn't tell you anything. <laughs> wow. So kind of looking back, what's something that you know now that you wish you knew then? Looking back now, I wish I knew about masking. I wish they would talk more about masking, especially with autism, because had I known that, it would have been clear. Can you say more about masking and what it is? Masking, yeah. An autistic person, like my son, when he masks, he goes to school and he will mask his personality to fit in, to have friends, and just to survive and get through the day. He doesn't show his true self. So then when he comes home, he kind of releases all that pressure and explodes on me or explodes on the family and just has a full-on meltdown the rest of the night because he spends all day long hiding his true identity and what he's really struggling with. That's so difficult on so many different levels. What a difficult experience for a kid to take on themselves. Can you tell, uh, going to the hospital, I mean, what's one of the worst moments on your journey look like? Oh, the worst moment was probably actually taking him the first time because he did okay until we got like five minutes away. And then he was clinging to my arm and I started bawling and I really didn't know if I could go through with it, but I knew I had no choice. I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be one of the parents who didn't push my child to get help and be honest with his struggles. Well, I commend you for that. That's, I mean, you can't know what that's like until you're in a person's shoes, but it sounds, sounds heart-wrenching. Tell us something that is going positive in his life and your family's life. Well, recently um, we've started with the local autism group, autism support group, and they have like music therapy. Music therapy is going really well. And they had an autism night at a local basketball game recently where they called his name and they kind of walked out into the crowd and everybody cheers for him. And his autistic friends were there. And it was just a really good night. It was probably the best night we've had. And I can't tell you how many years. Like he was up dancing and cheering and laughing, which he never does. Wow. When he's just with, you know, us and I guess like normal people like in his class. But when he was with his autistic friend, he like had a blast. And it was the best night I think we've had in a long time. Wow. I got the chills. That sounds awesome. It sounds like he does different when he's with his autistic friends versus kind of the typical? Yes. I don't think he masks himself. He lets go. He knows he can be himself. And if he has a meltdown, his friend understands because he goes through the same thing, you know, not getting made fun of for having a big reaction. Wow. So when is he able to be with his autistic friends? I mean, does he go at school? He's with typical kids or a little both? He knows some autistic kids at school. This one goes to a different school. He lives about 10 minutes away from our town. And they usually spend the night with each other every weekend. He know he will, His friend will never come to my house. <laughs> He's very particular about that. But Jack will go to his house and spend the night. And they'll spend the weekends. You know, so they usually see each other about once or twice a week. 
Okay. That's awesome. I'm so glad he found a friend. That's me too. Yeah, I bet. I bet. How have you been? I mean, from the drug addict, homeless <laughs> dad to psych wards. I mean, how are you taking care of yourself? I'm better now. It's difficult. One of the best things I think my husband and I have done actually is marriage counseling. Because, you know, if you read up on the statistics for marriages with a special needs child, it's, I mean, it's unreal. Yes. And so like just having an hour once a week to just sit down with my husband with no kids running around and quiet and both of us just sit down and talk and say how we really feel or what really bothered me that week. Like we need that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of living the American dream until our fifth child showed signs of autism, which was going to be our second child. And then that was just like the straw that broke the back and everything went completely sideways and we became part of that statistic. But it doesn't have to be that way. I have had a chance to interview people who are proactive with their relationships. And I commend you for making that a priority because to make it harder than it already is. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that your most challenging days are behind you? Are you? No. <laughs> Believe it or not, a couple nights ago, he came, Jack came home from his autistic friend's house. And I think when he goes there, he gets really tired. I think we're going to have to start setting limits to where maybe he goes and plays and doesn't spend the night because it just wears him out so much. Uh huh. And he had a full on meltdown all night long and ended up escalating. I couldn't get him to calm down. And um, he actually physically attacked me for the first time. I mean, like punched me in the face and the arm and the chest. And I had to call the police on my 10-year-old kid. Wow. So I don't think it's behind us at all, but he is improving. You know, every day is just another day. You just got to get through it and just do the best you can. Fight. Find the positives. Yeah. Um, Is there any support for you and how to handle the severe depression? There is some. Actually, um, when he was released from the hospital the second time, the hospital called CPS, <laughs> which wow. is so scary. You, know, you hear CPS and you're like, freak out. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. you know. Uh, but they've actually been very resourceful. So they've come in as a resource to help us because they knew we were struggling. And they've referred him to what's called a SAFI program, where a specialist comes in and does therapy with him at home at night and helps with the meltdown and helping us learn how to deal with that and how to help de-escalate the situation and calm him and getting him to use his coping skills. That's awesome. Has that person, have you had your first session yet? Have not. <laughs> it went two months. I'll be excited to hear about that. I mean, from everything from breastfeeding to whatever, I mean, sometimes it's weird. These specialists come in and they shift you, you know, a little bit to the left or look yeah. at you a different way. And and you're like, wow, or like dog trainers, you know, yeah. you sit there and try to train your dog. And then this, this uh, stranger comes in who has skills. So I hope that uh, it turns out to be a great resource for you. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. So favorite quote, take your time to cry it out. Put your big girl panties on and do what you do best. Yes. My dad says that to me all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we we have a family business. Um, we make cabinets, actually, like kitchen cabinets. Nice. Uh, anytime I get overwhelmed, that's what's what he tells me. 
And it's very true. It works. You just got to cry it out and pick yourself up. Does that become kind of a, a support outlet for you at work? My sister, she's a nurse. Well, she was a nurse. Now she works with me. But she's very understanding about a lot of that. She, you know, she saw a lot of it. But my dad doesn't understand it. So we don't really talk about it too much. But he's coming around. Like, it takes him a little bit longer to adjust. But my sister is, yes. He's old school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even when I was younger, the special needs class was like the one class in the corner of the school. They didn't come out at recess time with us. They they took a water break and bathroom break at a different time. Like I had no interaction. Yeah. And now my little kids, you know, have more empathy and compassion for special needs at six years old than I had at 25, you know? Yes. We've come a long way. You know, we still have our work to do. Yeah, we do. And, you know, and that's what this show is, is to is to get your story out there and help others by hearing where you are and what you're doing. So you said that your husband and you are doing marital counseling. Is there anything else you do for your personal care or is there something that you want to add to your kind of list of personal care habits? The only other thing we do is we have a planner. It's literally an eight and a half by 11 big notebook planner and we have it sitting on the kitchen table and every night we go over that planner like the back of our hand because there's so many appointments between the three kids you know with him quitting his job he is like door dashing and Uh doing art and stuff like that so working with his schedule and my schedule is set but you know trying to work all around that and figure it out together it it helps to sit down and look at it all that's great I mean, just even this last week, I can't tell you, I, you know, another appointment miss. I miss one of my kids' IEPs. It's once a year, you know? <laughs> and that's like, it's the most important thing to me. And I missed it. And then the shame and the guilt and the negative self-talk the rest of the day. How could, you know, it's just a cycle. So I too have, uh, my planner is very important to me. And I need to start looking at it every night so that I can try to... uh miss less appointments because there are many. Yeah. And, you know, before he quit his job in December, uh, it was just me taking him to all the appointments. So it's nice to sit down and look at that with him and know that he's going to be there and he can be there and he's not going to lose his job or, you know, it's just nice to have that. I'm, I'm happy for you for that. I know what it was like when I went from two parents, you know, me and my wife to just me. And, and I think I missed 50% of everything for the first year while I was getting my, my bearings. Just to get through some more questions in a quicker way, uh, we do a lightning round and with one word to one sentence answers. Are you up for it? Yeah. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Is that autistic kids are extremely honest. And the best thing I can do as a parent is to get over my embarrassment and be prepared for it because it's going to happen no matter what. Love it. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Yes, actually, I think help my the thing that's helped my son the most is going to a chiropractor. Really? Yes. Cool. Share a personal habit that contributes to your success. Again, just like the planner. Yeah. Sitting down and actually having the marriage counseling and talking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about too. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? We kind of 
went there, but we'll go there again. I would kind of start like to looking into being an IEP advocate for other families. You know, like as my son gets older and he ages out of the school system, I would like to start doing that for other people who need it because it's tough. It is. Managing an IEP. It's confusing. Very. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Let me know if you do that. I could use it. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Earlier intervention. And I would like to have been referred for a neurological psych eval sooner than I was. Did it take a while? Like once you were trying to, to receive it or did you just not know? Um, I just didn't know. It took two years of therapy until we went in and said, okay, nothing is working on this kid that you're telling me to do. What's next? What's the next step? We've got to figure out something. And they said, well, you know, we can send you for a neurological psych evaluation. And I'm like, why haven't you done it yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Totally. So I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Is there anything for our listeners in Naked Parent Nation that from what we've talked about or from what we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with them? Um, yes. You know, there's a lot of colleges, especially autism, that have like autism training classes. Like um, in Kentucky, it's called the Kentucky Autism Training Center. You know, just keep doing your research and fight and constantly look for answers. Don't give up. Don't let it overwhelm you. It's overwhelming. Which yeah, is- it is. I appreciate that, Bridget. I appreciate um, you inspired me today. So thank you for that. And I'm sure you inspired our listeners and I hope you stay a friend of the shows and we can connect down the road and hear how things are going. Yeah, I would love that. All right. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.